At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trana. Thanks so much. For tuning in, this week's show features two interviews. First up, WWE Universal Champion Seth Rollins. It is a must-listen if you're a wrestling fan. Seth was extremely passionate about uh, the state of the WWE and the constant sort of shots and complaints about the WWE, and uh, he unloaded. He also talked a lot about his relationship with Becky Lynch, so if you're a wrestling fan, I guarantee you, you will enjoy the Seth Rollins interview. After that, Jason Barrett will join us. Jason runs uh, Sport Barrett Sports Media, and he recently asked 30 uh, sports media reporters, writers, opinionists, whatever you want to call them, including myself, to sort of do a draft on the best sports TV studio shows of all time. And uh, we talk about that and get into the legendary sports studio shows that uh, have aired. So that's this week's episode. Last week, Scott Van Pelt was on. He was phenomenal. So if you haven't listened yet, you can dig into the archives and check that out. And please, uh, if you're listening for Scott Van Pelt, if you're listening for Seth Rollins, just subscribe. If you can, rate and review helps tremendously. And I appreciate it. No more time will be wasted. You're going to want to hear this again if you're a wrestling fan. Here's Seth Rollins from the WWE. All right. Very excited to speak to this week's guest, the universal WWE champion, Seth Rollins. He's been on before. Always a fun conversation. Glad he's back. Seth, how you doing? Doing great, brother. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, this is sort of good timing for me. I always like it when one of my guests is sort of uh, having an active time on social media and, and in their profession. Uh, we're taping this Monday a little bit before Raw. You've been feisty on Twitter today with uh, some of the fans, which was amusing. I saw you, you even busted out a dork, which was gave me a chuckle. You don't, that word's not used that much anymore, so that was good usage. Um, seems like there's been some backlash against the WWE recently, and you uh, took up for the company on Twitter. What, what was the motivation behind that? 
Oh, I mean, you can only sit back and, um, you know, read people, you know, bashing uh, something you love for so long and sit there and take it and try to, you know, take the high road, so to speak. Um, and so, you know, I'm real proud of what I do every single week. And, and that's just Mondays, but every single Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, really. Uh, I'm real proud of what I do and what our crew does and the effort they put forward. I'm not talking about just the wrestlers, the guys and girls you know, who you see out in the ring, but I'm talking about everybody from creative all the way up to Vince McMahon. You know, we put a, a, a ton of effort into making a product that I think is, is pretty darn good considering the amount of content we put out there and uh, the fact that people want to sit on their little soapboxes, on their little stupid uh, social media machines and talk down about it uh, really just speaks volumes about kind of the generation uh, and, and where they're at it. So I figured... You know, if somebody's going to fight back, it might as well be me since I am the champ and I consider myself a top guy in our company. Well, so I have to say as a, you know, I come at this from sort of the media angle of it and then as the WWE fan of it, it does seem like it's sort of been like this perfect storm where, um, you know, some competition has cropped up with AEW and then you had some people leaving, bashing the WWE and, you know, maybe the ratings were not as good as they once were. Um, and it, it did seem like this was all sort of building up. So I wasn't completely shocked, uh, by your tweets today, defending the company. Um, was it awkward for you though? I mean, you, you're really good friends with Dean Ambrose. He left and then he did this interview with Jericho where he said a lot of negative things about the WWE. I'd imagine that puts you in a awkward position. Uh, yeah, so I think I gathered the question. You're, you're a little faint on the phone, but uh, I think I gathered the question uh, in reference to Ambrose in this, in this podcast with Jericho. Look, yeah. Ambrose can do what he wants. He's a big boy. He's got his big boy pants on. He can go out there and say whatever he wants. Uh, but the bottom line is not everybody's equipped to handle the rigors of the WWE and the schedule and how it affects you mentally and emotionally. And uh, Ambrose gave everything he had to the company for the entire time he was here. He put his heart and soul into the travel, into the schedule, into the injuries, into you know uh, the work in the ring and, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, he took his ball and he went home, or he went elsewhere at least, you know. And uh, I think it's a little uh, presumptuous of him to get on a podcast and talk down about the company that you know gave him uh, such opportunities. Um, and, and he referenced some of those. He did talk about you know how he's thankful for the time he spent here and the fact that he's able to learn, meet his wife, and all that good stuff. And like I said, I love the guy. I love him. I'll always love him. But at the end of the day, we just share differing perspectives um, about what we want out of life uh, and where we're at in our own lives. And so, you know, I hope that he does well. I've, I've kept enough tabs on him to know that he's doing uh, super well for himself right now, and I'm happy for that. But, you know, I just don't think there's any reason to, again, pop on a soapbox and complain after the fact. You know, you need to take the first step, and that's looking in the mirror and asking yourself, did you do every single thing you possibly could to make yourself and your situation what you want it to be? And if the answer is yes, you did, then you can go elsewhere and complain. If you feel good about that, and if that's where he's at mentally, then go right ahead. But if he hasn't done that, he hasn't looked in the mirror and made that decision, then maybe he should think about that. And that's, that's, that goes for any other disgruntled talent, past or present. Have, have you had a conversation with him about those comments that he made? No. No, and I don't yeah. need to. Like right. I said, he's a grown man. He, he's got his big boy pants on. He can do whatever he wants to do. He can say whatever he wants to say. He fulfilled his contractual obligations here, uh, and there's nothing but mutual love and respect for him. He's one of my, my favorite people in the entire world. 
For anyone out there listening, in case you've been under a rock and you missed it, Seth tweeted uh, a couple over the past couple days, WWE, best pro wrestling on the planet, period. Doubling down, best pro wrestling on the planet. See that cruiserweight title, triple threat, and that's just one night, one match amongst the many. Find anyone else alive who does what I do as well as I do it as often as I do it. You can't. And um, today, uh, responding to a fan, let me dial it up. I sat back and watched Idiots with No Clue Talk Poorly about the place I dedicate my life to every hour of every day. The level I perform on constant is untouchable. Time to let them know. It is, um, do you feel like you're speaking, uh, because you're the universal champion and veteran of the locker room, uh, one of the most popular guys in the company, do you feel like you're also doing this sort of for all the other talent and you know, rallying the troops, or is this strictly a Seth Rollins thing? You know what? Um, I hope that I speak for the other talent, and, and you know, I, I've got a lot of friends in the locker room who, you know, we've had conversations like this before, and I, I feel like I, I hope that I'm speaking up, and, you know, you have a couple of guys who um, talk to me about it, and, you know, I had, you know, Roman Reigns hit me with a hard retweet and an exclamation point the other night as well, and right. and I just feel like, yeah, man, you know, it's it's uh, it's time to stop just, like, taking them in the gut, you know, like, yeah. to hell with it. If people want to talk, then let them talk, but you know, time to fire back. Like, I'm just sick of sick of it. And so, yeah, I hope that it is a rallying cry, and I hope that it is something that the rest of our talent feels that they can speak out about, and that if they if they feel the same way, that they don't have to, you know, take this quote unquote high road all the time. Or if they don't, if they just want to let me be their voice, I'm fine with that too. Because, like I said, I just I really sat back. I've seen it all. I've listened to it all. I and look, I, I'm a thinker, man. I, I think about stuff. So I put this stuff in my brain. I I run through it. I wonder. Maybe I'm out of touch. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. I don't know. But at the end of the day, like, after a while, it's not frustration that's boiling over. These are the conclusions that I've come to. You know, after watching what I've seen from other companies and other people and what they say and what they do, there's just nobody on the planet in entertainment that does what we do. It's just they just they don't do it. So you can talk about these other guys and these other promotions uh, who think that they're the best in the world or they offer the superior product or whatever, but they do not run. 500 live events a year, 500 plus live events a year. All right. That is top talent working over 150 matches a year on top of all the travel, on top of all the media, on top of all the training, trying to stay in the best shape. So we actually look like wrestlers, not some jabronis and gym shorts who get to a ring and do high spots. Okay. So what we do, no one else does the level that we work at constantly no one else works at. And I dare anyone anywhere in any company on the planet to challenge me on. Well said. Um, I, I, I don't even know. I, here's my question for you. Because you are the universal champion, do you, are, you, are you satisfied with the amount of input you get into your storylines and character? Would you wish you had a little more? You're fine with the way, the way it is? No, absolutely I'm satisfied with it because I make a point to be satisfied with it. I, I make a point to to contribute my ideas and my thoughts, and if I feel strongly about something the way it should be or the way it should be portrayed, then I will make my, my voice heard. And look, not everybody gets that leeway, and, and also not everybody should get that leeway, okay? That's just not how it works. You have to build equity with your audience, with your boss, with your coworkers. You have to build equity over time, and then you can get... The, the equity, the, the leeway to have that kind of say in, in your story, if that's your complaint. Or you can just stand up for yourself and do it instead of going on somewhere else and bitching about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, like, 
I'm very satisfied with the amount of input that I have. Do I do things that I don't always want to do? Yes, but you know what? Sometimes that stuff works because I can't see things perfectly every single time. I don't have the perspective that other people around me have. Vince McMahon has been doing this 20 years longer than I've been alive, okay? So he's got some ideas, and he knows things that I, I just don't know that I have to learn from. And so sometimes being your best is about taking advice from other people. And so what we do is work together in a group, in a community, and we take advice from everywhere, from each and every person that we respect in our little circle, and we try to make things better. But to answer your initial question, yes, absolutely. I feel extremely comfortable with the amount of input I have in my matches, in my promos, in my stories, and in my schedule. It, the WWE is obviously, it's so fascinating on, on many levels. And I think in, in terms of what you're saying too, um, th- obviously like we've been talking about, there's been this sort of backlash recently from fans, not satisfied maybe with the product. Um, but the, the fascinating thing is that no matter what happens, things roll on. You mentioned all the live shows you guys do. Uh, everyone would be more than happy to make the profit that Vince McMahon makes on a daily basis. I, I It's almost like... I don't want to say it's, um, uh, you know, bad. You know, there can never be a loss with the company, but you're such a well-oiled machine, and I think that sort of gets taken for granted. And and at the end of the day, you know, Vince is doing okay for himself. Yeah, I mean, taking for granted is the key word there. I think the fact that what what would have, what we do, what I do, if you just want to. You know, before, since we're talking to me, yeah. let's talk about what I do. The amount of uh, incredible matches I put on yep. in a year's time that no one ever sees. Now we're talking, sure, pay-per-views, Raws, you know, an occasional SmackDown here and there. Like, yeah, the level that I compete at is extremely high. But then look at all the matches that no one ever sees. That only the people in the Sula Montana saw on Friday night. They're going to go and tell their friends about. It. That's going to yeah. be a memory that some kid in the front row is going to have for the rest of his life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and absolutely. so that gets taken for granted. People just don't understand the scope of WWE, and it's very easy to hate the New York Yankees. It's very easy to hate them, but they're the best for a reason, and we are the best for a reason, and it's not because we've got some sort of monopoly or some stranglehold on the business. It's because we've got the best talent roster and the most hardworking talent roster on the planet. That's why we're the best. I'm curious to pivot here onto something a little bit different, but as the Universal Champion, you won the belt, uh, obviously, at WrestleMania, You've been the champion since then, the Universal Champion. You're on Monday Night Raw every Monday night, as everyone knows, 8 o'clock, USA Network. How much does your personal Seth Rollins schedule and amount of work change, increase, stays the same when you become the Universal Champion? Like Since since Mania, is your day-to-day life and work schedule much busier or is it i mean you were a top superstar before you had a title so I, I don't know how much of that changes when you get the title i'm just curious yeah i mean honestly i've been essentially non-stop like when did i blow my knee out in this 2015 came back in the middle of 2016 i think that's is that right yep like may 2016 so i've essentially been non-stop since then uh and 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 i've been uh, at the top of the game since i won the title the first time the media hasn't slowed down. It's only sped up. Uh, being the Universal Champion, now being the guy who's the face of Monday Night Raw every single week, you know, I'm getting, uh, it only increases it, it, it exponentially. Um, and that's just the nature of, of wanting to be a top guy. And if you're not ready to take on that responsibility, then maybe you're not, you know, cut out to be in that position. So um, I model, you know, my work ethic after guys like Vince McMahon and, you know, someone like John Cena, who is the same way, who just goes, 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 goes. And not because he feels like he has to, but because he loves 
a business. Right. He loves it. The other week we were we were in uh, L.A. for Ron. John Cena drove up from San Diego just to be at the show, just to watch it, just to be close to it because he loves it that much. And, you know, say what you will about John. Um, he's someone who earned my respect over the years because of the hard work he put in. And he's someone who I've always patterned my work ethic after because I try to keep up with him. And hopefully the next guy who comes in here and tries to take my spot, whoever that may be, they're going to have a lot to keep up to. They're going to have uh, big shoes to fill. And so, yeah, you know, the work rate, the workload increases exponentially. But when you're really good at what you do, that's what happens. Yeah, I was shocked because that you, um, I was very pleasantly shocked that you wanted to or could do this, you know, a few hours before a Monday Night Raw taping. I figured this would be like prime time for you to chill and relax or work on, you know, whatever's coming up. But uh appreciate you doing this on a, on a Monday night. Yeah, no, man, you just called me on the back end yeah. of a two hour workout. So, All right. You know, got to, Cro- got to fit that in too. CrossFit. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, I, so it's been, we're, we've, we're almost 15 minutes in. I haven't me- mentioned Becky Lynch. I'm sure you're expecting the question, but um, I, I'm not going to dig into your personal life, but it's obviously now it's going on to TV. So uh, the first thing I have to say is I, I looked at your Instagram uh in preparation for this, the picture you posted where you and Becky sort of came out as this couple and you posted a picture of you guys kissing, um, got 800,000 likes and a photo of you winning the belt at WrestleMania got 400,000 likes. So it's interesting what people are, what people, you know, are interested in. Uh, I like to think that uh, <laughs> people are happy. You know? yeah. they, 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 they like what they're happy for. So if they're happy for myself and Rebecca being in a relationship, then that's fantastic. Well, you, you, you guys did, uh, I mean, that first day when it all came out on the internet was, was uh, did you even, were you even able to go through your Twitter mentions and Instagram mentions when you, when I think she had that tweet with, um, was it Edge or his wife? I forgot where she said, I'll ask my man. And then you said, oh, it's okay to post this. I would imagine you probably couldn't have checked social media for a little while there. Your phone must have blown yeah, up. Yeah, you, know, you just leave it alone. You let it do its own thing. It's its own monster. It'll figure itself out eventually. So it looks like they're, they're, it's been very here and there, not full-blown storylines, but they're obviously mentioning you guys are boyfriend and girlfriend on the shows. Do you have any sort of trepidation about that? Do you have to approve uh, sort of bringing the real-life relationship onto the show? Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when you first approach about the idea, it's obviously you're kind of like, ah, I don't know how this is going to work is it going to work i've never done anything like that uh, i don't think she has either as far as i know and if you look at the way you know couples have been portrayed in the past sometimes it's it's a bit sketchy especially <laughs> on the woman's end and so you know i know i know some of her concerns uh about that uh and mine as well and so you know we had discussions but once we kind of sat down and brainstormed about it um and then, you know, we, cause at the end of the day, they're not going to go forward with the idea if it's not something we're comfortable with. And so, uh, once we sat down and brainstormed to talk about kind of how cool it might be, um, and, and the options that were, you know, in front of us on the table, I think that we decided that it would actually be a pretty fun thing to do and a cool thing to do. And, and really kind of strike while the iron is hot. It's not like this would be as cool if we did it in a year from now or, or whatever. And right. so, um, that's assuming I'm lucky enough to keep her for a full <laughs> year. But, um, if, uh, you know, the thing is like, I think watching last night, uh, and me being in the ring, uh, you know, during the main event of the pay-per-view and, and hearing the reaction when she hit the ring and, and kind of seeing the reaction uh, on social today, just how everybody seems 
pretty psyched about kind of the role reversal thing. Uh, it's pretty sick to me. So I think we, we nailed it. We hit the nail on the head, and I'm pretty pretty happy with it. And I think so is she. Yeah, I think you're, you're now the man's man, right? According to yeah, yeah, <laughs> and no confusion with the uh, the uh, William Regal character from you know the, the early two thousands. But um, yes, yes, I, I I am now. I guess I guess I'm the man's man. I, I guess that's it. I guess that's the thing. I know you can't give spoilers, and you don't want to give spoilers, and you shouldn't. But can we fans who are listening to this should we expect more interaction, a bigger storyline? Are you guys going to play it the way you've been playing it the past couple weeks, where it's little things here and there, or are we we're building towards bigger things? In terms well, of TV. I mean, it's not fun if I, if I spoil things for you. So yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that or your listeners. And so, yeah, I mean, the whole fun of, of stories is to watch and let it unfold. You know what I'm saying? No one, no one wants to know the ending of Game of Thrones for crying out loud. Oh, we're going to get to that. Don't worry. Um, uh, the one, la- one last one on Becky. Um, I'm just curious because I-, I read on the Internet, so of course it's true, that course. you guys had been dating for a while before the public reveal uh, if that's true, I'm just curious. How, how were you? Were you surprised you were able to keep it a secret? And were you? I mean, you guys are top two dogs, really, in the company. Both champions. Uh, her popularity. What's happened in the last year has been off the charts. So I'm just. Did you have to do a lot of sleuthing, like sneaking around and hide from people? Or were you surprised you were able to pull it off? Had that all happen for yeah. you? Uh, yeah. I mean, we started dating in February, and so you know, it was a couple months. You know, I mean, we we didn't yeah. really keep it a secret that much. You know, we were in public. You know, went to some concerts and stuff, and took pictures and right. stuff like that. But we were friends for years beforehand, so I think like kind of it. People were like, well, I don't know, because they've been, you know, not like we hadn't taken pictures at the gym or you know elsewhere before. And so I think people were just kind of like, well, maybe they're just friends or whatever. <laughs> uh, we're like, yeah, we're just friends, good friends. Uh, but yeah, we started seeing each other in, in February and. Uh, I don't think we, you know, let the cat out of the bag till what April or May or whatever it was. Right. So, um, but it wasn't like we weren't like taking extreme measures, and she wasn't walking around with a mustache or anything like that. <laughs> it was just, uh, you know, we we did what we did, and then uh, you know, eventually she was like, put the thing on Twitter when she was arguing with Beth and Edge, and I was like, hey, I had this picture for safekeeping, right. so I popped it up there, and, you, and that was it. it. wasn't too much thought put into it. Did you know she was going to put that on Twitter? Uh, no, I did not. Oh. Actually, we were riding in the car together uh, to a live event when she was, you know, going back and forth with the two of them, and I was just kind of like, you know, scanning my Twitter and rolling my eyes like at some of her, you know, you know, she's a <laughs> machine, and so I'm rolling some of my eyes at some of these comments, and then uh, all of a sudden I saw that one pop up, and I, I just looked over at her, and I was like, huh, what are you? Huh? What? What is this? And she just gave me that little coy smile that she does, and, and then uh, I surprise her the next day with the uh the picture so oh I like, well all right so it was dueling surprises nice i like that that's good spot 80 is always good for a couple uh you mentioned thrones we got to get to that um so sticking with entertainment before we get to the thrones you got you and becky went to the mtv movie awards you get a kick out of stuff like that some guys i think enjoy it some guys would probably not deal with that whole scene red carpet do you enjoy it uh, I get a kick out of the idea of it, right? So I grew up watching MTV Movie Awards and the giant gold popcorn and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool to like see it. We didn't actually go to the award show because guess what? We had uh, a live event in Anaheim that night. Uh, just flew in from Winnipeg, went to the red carpet, and went went right to the live event. Oh, okay. just to throw that in there, right. harken back to the beginning of this conversation. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was cool to be there and, and kind of see it. But yeah, I mean, that's, I, 
it it just feels it feels a little and I know we're in the entertainment business, but right. it feels a little phony, and a little bit extra phony. And so for me, it's not not necessarily my thing. Right. But uh, I do enjoy the interviews, and I had to, I had a good time talking to you know some of the people on the red carpet, and they played some fun little games and stuff like that. And it's always nice to get out there and be seen. And um, um, anytime I'm in public and Becky's on my arm, it makes me look great. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. It was uh, it wasn't too bad. We spent about an hour out there, and then. Headed over to Anaheim and, that, and you know tore it up at the pond. That's true celebrity stuff when you go to an event just for the red carpet. That's that's when you're you know too cool for. I know you had an event, but I'm just saying when you come in, you do the red carpet. It's a, and then you disappear. It's a very cool celebrity thing. <laughs> um, Thrones. I know you were a huge fan, and it's been a little while, but I think enough people still want to hear about it. Uh, do you want to take? like 30 seconds to get anything off your chest about the finale or rant or are you yeah, over I mean, it I, are you I, still I'm annoyed it's over man i was i mean i i didn't have any particular way that i wanted it to end so i wasn't disappointed i didn't have any expectations i think they stayed true to um you know the, the core stories of all the characters and uh, the essence of the show uh and i thought they 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 Gave everybody, you know, uh, kind of a perfect ending. Everyone that sort of stayed alive, and people that died. So, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But I had no complaints. I know the internet loves to complain; it's their favorite thing to do. Yep. Uh, so, I, I, I thought it was great. I was, I was thrilled and just sad that it was gone. And I can't wait for the prequels. That is definitely a refreshing take, because, like you said, that 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 finale got bashed pretty good. Um, Another non-wrestling thing. You you recently opened a coffee shop in Iowa. I'm just curious how that's going. I I love that you did that just because I feel like I think people have this image of what WWE superstars are. I know from you know speaking to you guys over the years that you're so different sometimes from whatever people see on TV. So I, I love that we have like the WWE champion opened a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. Well, the coffee shop's great, man. I uh, partnered with a young couple out there, and they uh, already had one. And so, uh, I wanted to bring craft coffee to my area in, in the Quad Cities in Iowa. We're a little slow on the uptake, and so uh, we did not have one of those. And you know, we're fortunate enough as WWE superstars to be able to travel the world. And one of the things uh, I do with my buddies, um, you know, Cesaro, especially, we will uh, find local craft coffee shops and, and uh, sit down, which we're about to do here shortly in Everett, actually. Um, after I get off the phone with you, um, and have a nice, uh, nice cup of Joe. And so, um, I wanted to bring that to my community and, um, I was like, ah, there's none around here. How could I do this? And so, like I said, I was lucky enough to stumble upon a young couple who, uh, had a craft coffee shop not too far away. And I was able to coax them into, um, putting one in my area, in my hometown, right next to my wrestling school, actually. And, uh, it's beautiful. They run it well. The service is amazing. So if you're ever in the Quad City, stop on by 392 Deport and, um, take some pictures of Black and Brave Wrestling Academy and enjoy, uh, enjoy your Cortado. On average, how many cups a day does Seth Rollins, Universal WWE Champion, partake in? Mm, well, I'm, a cups is the wrong measure for me because I'm an espresso guy. So I will usually do uh, four to six shots of espresso a day. Spread out. Spread out. Right. Not, not all, well, sometimes all at once, but generally <laughs> spread out. Yeah, four to six shots of espresso, I would say. And, and, and any like when it's a Monday Night Raw day, are you like right before the show, do you 
down a couple of shots, or you can't do that before you go out there? Cause... No, no I'm, I'm going to have a few right now, and then yeah. I probably won't touch any for the rest of the day, to be honest with you. I usually, once the adrenaline gets going, when it's time to get you know on or on and gets closer to showtime, I'm usually set. So too much caffeine gets my brain gets a little crazy when <laughs> right. it mixes with that adrenaline. Well, I appreciate you coming on, especially, like I said, I know you have Raw tonight, and uh, you had a pay-per-view last night, Stomping Ground, so I'm sure you're tired, but I appreciate it, and uh, Seth Rollins, Monday Night Raw, everyone knows, USA Network, every Monday at 8, and uh, appreciate you being so open and uh, honest. I have to say, I was like, I know some guys don't want to talk about personal life, but uh, I appreciate you uh, giving me all the time and the uh, candidness. Yeah, no problem, man. Had a good uh, good time with you. I lot to get off my chest, so thank you for the forum, and uh, hopefully you got some, some clickable <laughs> out of this one. Uh, I have a funny feeling we will get a few clicks on this one. To, this will be posted good, first thing good. Tuesday morning. Good deal. So. All right. Take care. Thanks, Seth. All right. My thanks to Seth Rollins. Good interview there. Before we get to Jason Barrett, let me tell you this episode of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast is sponsored by Harry's. Did you know that the average guy will spend 3,000 hours of his lifetime shaving? Don't waste four months of your life overpaying for poor-performing razors. Get Harry's, a razor that's so sharp you can shave less often and save money. Harry's blades are just $2 per blade. What I love about Harry's, they give you that smooth glide. These are not cheap blades at all. However, the price is low. $2 per blade can't beat that. Razor blades are so expensive, so Harry's is perfect. You can join the 10 million people who have tried Harry's and claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash media. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade, like I said. And to keep the prices low, Harry's cut out the middleman. They bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making some of the best razor blades in the world now for 99 years. Now they can provide great quality at factory direct prices, and Harry's is 100% quality guaranteed. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know, and they'll give you a full refund. Get a trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip. Five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave. Rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great. And a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of my show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash media. That's harrys.com slash media. And if you prefer to shop in a store, Harry's razors are also available at Walmart and Target. All right, joining me now, president of Barrett Sports Media, barrettsportsmedia.com, Jason Barrett, who recently uh, got 30 sports media people, myself included, to participate in a sports studio draft show, and it was a lot of fun. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jimmy. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for coming on, and thanks for asking me to be part of the draft, even though I had the 26th pick, which I was not happy about. <laughs> Uh, for, for, before we get into this, just give people a little bit on your background. I mean, I say, you know, president of Barrett Sports Media, barrettsportsmedia.com. Just give the listeners a little idea of what you do on a day-to-day basis, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, it sounds so big, doesn't it, right? Yes. When the guy's name is Jason Barrett and he has a company named Barrett Sports Media, like, exactly. I have to really go out on a limb for that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh... No, the long and short of it, I'm I'm a guy who spent, uh, you know, my past two decades, which is way too much time in the uh, sports radio business. I uh, got started in upstate New York, moved to uh, Bristol, Connecticut, spent a little more than two years with ESPN Radio, and then uh, after, uh, you know, during that time, produced some guys like Dan Patrick, Doug Gottlieb, Sean Salisbury, and then 
uh, was lucky enough to uh, get given the keys to run a radio station, first in Philadelphia, then in St. Louis, uh, then in San Francisco, built a few stations, and then uh, four years ago decided to go on my own, uh, start consulting a number of stations around the country, working with a number of uh, personalities and brands. And as part of that, I now write content about the uh, sports radio, more more sports radio than TV, but some TV news in there as well, and uh, cover the media business. So that's the longest short of my background. So so you cover all sports radio across the across the country, I assume, correct? Yeah, of course. So I'm yep. curious about something because obviously I, I, I talk a lot about Francesa and I used to be a huge fan. I don't really listen to the show anymore, but nobody in radio, in my opinion, gets the attention that Mike gets. So even without listening to him, you cover him. And I will hear from people who say nobody, nobody outside of New York cares about Mike Francesa. Now, I know that the numbers that every website gets disputes that but you as a radio guy is there anyone in the country bigger from an from an attention traffic buzz standpoint than mike francesa i mean look the only um the only area where you can make a case is when you get into dealing with national guys you know who are heard throughout the country you know the whole country you know guys like levitard cowherd uh, DP, Clay, they all have, you know, because of the fact that they're on in so many markets, they're going to generate some interest in their content. That being said, uh, your point's well taken. I mean, Mike, first of all, operates out of New York City, which is the market, you know, largest market in America. Um, because he's such a lightning rod of conversation, you know, you either love him or you don't like him. Uh, he generates a lot of interest, and he's been a number one guy for a long time. He's uh, kind of, uh, you know, he'll let you know he's number one, which probably plays into that persona a little more and makes people either want to see him fall down or continue to stay on top. So, I mean, look, he's a magnet for conversation. People are always going to have an interest in what he says. I'm with you. I grew up on Mike and the Mad Dog. It was one of the reasons I got in sports radio. Uh, Mike and Chris, to me, is the greatest local show I've ever heard. Uh, but, you know, we're also in a different time and age where social media, I think, uh, when you talk about the conversation and why so many people are fascinated by Francesa, good or bad, you know, let's face it, Funhouse and, uh, you know, the Mongo Nation guys <laughs> that are, you know, pumping tons of Francesa content on social, right. especially in sports media circles, we pay so much attention to that that we wind up sharing it, and it certainly uh, helps with keeping that discussion alive with people. So, I mean, look, Mike starts it with his content, and people will talk, you know, good and bad about his content, depending on personal preference to how he does a show. But uh, from a local personality standpoint, I don't think there are many that are in that conversation, you know, from, right. from a standpoint of attracting the kind of interest that he does. Like you, like you said, I mean, I grew up a huge Mike and the Mad Dog fan, and I was never, ever a national radio, sports talk radio guy, and I'm really still not. I do like Dan Lebertard a lot. I think he does a great job. So I, 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 I'm curious if I said to you right now, what are the three, give me the three biggest, most popular, most influential national radio, sports talk radio shows. Top three, what would they be? If I'm going top three right now, I would probably say it's Levitard, Cowherd, and then flip a coin between Dan Patrick and Jim Rome. I mean, 
BP has had the uh, bigger TV profile in recent years, which has helped that. Um, you know, Jim still has a lot of uh, clout, you know, with, you know, he's basically the main guy that they're going to pump with CBS. And because they've got a lot of uh, relationships with Entercom, which is, you know, uh, across the nation, probably the most uh, impactful sports radio, uh, you know, station. They, they've got the best sports radio stations from a company standpoint. So you get some traction on there. Uh, but to me, I, I think, you know, you're looking at Cowherd, you're looking at, Levitard. Um, I don't know about you, but you know, I like a lot of stuff that Sirius does. Yep. Uh, I think the harder part there is because they don't play in the rating space. It's really hard to justify, you know, whether or not they have more impact than some other local shows uh, or national shows that are getting cleared on stations. Yeah. But to me, you're looking at three or four. Clay's obviously got his fan base, which is grown. But I think you're probably going to start it with Colin and Dan, and then you go from there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. A guy you didn't mention who I think with with Dan Patrick, I think gets by far the best guess is Rich Eisen. And what I like about Eisen a lot is he goes outside of sports. He does a lot of entertainment, celebrity stuff. I think he does a great job with getting those guests as well. Dan does too. I think I think Rich does a little more non sports stuff, which I appreciate. Um, but I think those two are the top two when it comes to the variety of big names that they get in sports and entertainment. Yeah, listen, Rich, Rich is a fantastic interviewer, just like Dan. And, uh, you know, I, I think Dan probably has more stations across the country airing his program. Right. Um, I think one thing he's done really well in recent years, uh, you know, back to when he left ESPN, um, all those guys were former colleagues of mine, you know, Todd Fritz, Paul Papps, uh, Patrick O'Connor. I didn't work with... Uh, um, McLovin, but I, I, he wasn't there. But I worked with um, him for many. One thing I think Dan did really well is he was always an incredible interviewer. He was always well informed, and I think people like listening to him talk about sports. But the one thing that uh, made the show great in the past, whether he had Dibble or Salisbury or Overman, is those guys provided some of the spice to the show. Well, right. when Dan went on his own, 
getting those Danettes built into characters on the show, I think has brought a new element to the show. And uh, Dan is still exceptional at what he does, but by bringing those guys in and having them become part of the family on the air, I think listeners have got a chance to know the show better. And that's why I think the show has done really well. I have to mention, I, I worked with Andrew Perloff for several years before he was McLovin. Great guy. And, uh, good, <laughs> I they, mean, come on, how much, you know, from super bad to get branded with that and to keep well, that going forward, that's pretty good. I've always said to him, though, that I thought that nickname was ridiculous because I don't think he looks anything like McLovin, but obviously it's <laughs> it's stuck with him. But I knew him way before. There's a certain Mc, expectation yeah. with a guy named McLovin, right? Yeah, I knew him way before McLovin, so... And the show has not changed him, I have to say. He's a, he's a good guy. All right, let's talk about this uh, draft we did here with the uh, best sports studio shows of all time. You got a lot of, like I said, a lot of the uh, sports media people that have been on this podcast, Andrew Marshan, Chad Finn, uh, Neil Best of Newsday, Will Leach, who currently does some video stuff for SI. Um, so you, you ran the gamut here. You got a lot of the a lot of people. And I'll give you, th- so this is, it was a draft. So I'm going to give you the order of the top 10. I'm not going to give you the top 30. I'll give you the top 10, uh, which I thought was nailed except for one unbelievably ridiculous pick that should have never been picked. <laughs> but so the top 10 was sports center, Fox NFL Sunday, pardon the interruption inside the NBA college game day. Number five, NFL primetime. Number six, NFL red zone. Number seven, speak for yourself. Number eight, which I don't. I still think that's a joke. That's almost playing on you. Number nine, the sports reporters on TV, which I love seeing that get some recognition. And number ten was real sports. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on that top ten? Um, I was surprised um, by "Speak for Yourself" for sure, but I know Mike loves you know Whitlock and Marcellus, and so you know the hard thing when you when you do these kind of things is no matter what you put out there you know that there's going to be something that's going to it's just like uh voting for the hall of fame or the nba all-star game and there's always this you know controversy how did this guy get an award or how this guy get left out of the game and so i knew there'd be some of that at some point because so much of this is about where you're drafting and what your personal preferences are like i think if for example, if Mike had been picking 15, I still think he would have picked Speak for Yourself, and people probably wouldn't say anything about it. It's just that because it's in the top 10 in such a new show, there's going to be that immediate reaction. Well, um, I wasn't surprised at all by the top five. I think, you know, you can make a debate either way, like should Inside the NBA be one or College Game Day or Sports Center? I have no issue with those five because I think all of them have proven over the course of time they're phenomenal shows. Um, as you go on through the rest of the draft, there were a few things there that I found uh, interesting and different. You know, that one fun part for me with this exercise was to bring together 30 people, get a sense of what they valued. Um, it's not the Jason Barrett top 30. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's the, right. you know, sports reporters, social media guys, TV executives all weighing in. And what you find is a lot of people have a lot of different tastes, but more more than not, everybody seems to have a uh, similar opinion. Here's the one thing I did take, Jimmy, that really surprised me. And this is a sports media thing for sure. Sports media people who report on the business really don't like debate TV. Right. And first take is not on this list of the top 30. 
yet you look at it from a number standpoint, it does pretty well. Those guys make a lot of money. Well, um, obviously, everyone knows Skip Bayless was well paid to go to Fox Sports 1. Skip and Shannon are not on the list. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't be on the list because a lot of that's going to go to each reporter. But I think there is something to be said about debate-style shows. A lot of people, there's such a negative connotation in, inside of sports media circles to those kind of programs. But it's hard to dispute that a lot of those shows do make a lot of news and they do generate a lot of traction throughout the, the day that we talk about either uh, amongst our friends or on social media. So I was kind of surprised. Uh, I, I didn't think Skip uh, would make it because a lot of people love to crap on Skip. But I was surprised first take didn't show up on the top 30. I'm not surprised because the people who did this are in sports media, so they know the game and they know the bullshit they're selling. So they don't right. fall for it. And on top of that, you know, I look at a show, for instance, um, inside the NBA, college game day, NFL primetime. Those shows are not easy to do. You can, yep. any, any idiot can get on TV and say LeBron James is ranked eighth in the league right now and cause this massive. It doesn't take a ton of talent. To, listen, it takes a ton of talent to be able to take the hits because you're going to get beat up on a daily basis. But to just sit there and say outrageous stuff for the sake of say, saying outrageous stuff is not something I think that should be compared to, to these shows. That's just my opinion. And no, and, and listen, I, I'm with you. Like, for me personally, I value shows like uh, Pardon the Interruption, College Game Day, Inside the NBA, uh, Real Sports. Th those are always going to be shows that, that have a connection to me because yeah. I'm more into the storytelling and the analysis and the you know immediate reaction to games from people who know the game. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, look, if I'm playing devil's advocate, I would say, okay, you can make a case that TMZ Sports, Garbage Time, uh, even High Noon, which just got out, which I think Bomani and Pablo do a nice job, right. uh, Stump the Schwab. I can look at a lot of those shows and say, listen, we, we can't even sit here and say that those shows have had the impact that First Take has had. Whether we like First Take or not right. as sports media people, I mean, it, it has been around for, for a while. It has had... Uh, you know, some pretty solid viewership over the years, and they do tend to make, you know, news with their content. I, I'm with you in, in the fact that for sure, it's definitely not going to be as, as advanced of a production or as uh, deep thinking as some of the shows like a college, like a college game day would be. So that, that's where the, uh, the rub is for me. It's like, okay, look, I, I think you can make a case word against a few shows, uh, but for me, I'm not going to put it in there with Fox NFL Sunday inside the NBA and college game. Day. Right. I will say this. Uh, when I saw TMZ Sports make the list at number 16, uh, Robert Littell, Black Sports Online, that was his pick. And I like Robert a lot. I have to say, I, I rolled my eyes and said to myself, now what is going on here? But when I read, <laughs> when I read what Robert wrote, he sold me. See, yep. I, Mike McCarthy, who picked Speak for Yourself, didn't sell me on any level whatsoever. Robert Littell sold me on the TMZ Sports. I thought it was a compelling argument that he made. Yeah, Rob, Robert's point was spot on. I mean, we are in a world where we care more about drama right. and, you know, the daily news and how people react to things than ever. So, like, I understood the point exactly. I think, you know, as I was talking on the debate side of things, 
you know, we could say it's manufactured. We could say, you know, okay, how hard is it to create a topic and two guys lose their mind over it, you know, and it generates reaction. Well, we, we overreact as a society and as sports fans to a lot of things. Right. You know, we're, we're all drawn to opinions. It's, I mean, you and I both grew up loving Mike and the Mad Dog because they reacted to a lot of opinions. The difference was we didn't have social media freezing every moment in time, pointing out how ludicrous some things were. Like, I could tell you, I had Chris Russo on a radio show a long time ago, and he swore to me Bernie Williams would not be back with the Yankees and Albert Bell was coming to the Bronx. Right. And you know, and I and I laugh about it now, but if you remember the opening of that show, it was nothing can get by him, turn him on and try him. <laughs> well, there were a lot of things that got by them. We just didn't you know, we well, weren't keeping score like we do today. Right. So it's a lot it's a lot harder today, I think, uh, you know, in that regard, because so much of what you say or do is gonna be measured about whether you were right or wrong. But nonetheless, like look, all of these shows obviously mean something to each person voting and uh, what I thought overall, I thought we captured most of it. And, you know, there's always going to be a few areas where you could debate. As I've said on this podcast many times, I, the difference for me between Mike and the Mad Dog and then a hot take show is that for me, Mike and the Mad Dog was 100% authentic. The hot take shows right. are so planned out and pre-production meetings and you take this side, you take that side. Whatever you heard from Mike and Chris during those glory years... They meant it, no matter how wrong they were. Oh, yeah. So uh, that was what I liked about the list um, was some of the old school shows on this list. I love that this week in baseball made the list because as I, right. I, I, I had the 26th pick, I picked inside the NFL. I think that was by far the best value pick of this entire draft. I'm sure you'll agree. Um, now, of course. And what I, I listen, those <laughs> two, and you know, the other one that I, I really liked the sports writers um, on TV. No, uh, I, I mean, I, I thought that. that was cool by yeah. Neil to go off the board with something because it did it did influence a lot of the future programming we saw. No, the one that really surprised me that it slipped so late and I thought was a great pick was uh, Sports by Brooks taking CBS's NFL Today at 17. Right. I'm, I mean, I don't know about you, but like when I was growing up, Brent Musburger being on television, Jimmy the Greek, Phyllis George, all that, like – and then they, you know, modernized it with Irv coming into the picture. I thought that was such a great show. And maybe it's because it was part of childhood that, you know, you have a connection to some of these shows. But for it to be remembered, you know, here we are 30, 40 years later. And, to, uh, and I thought, man, you could easily make a case that that show should be higher. Absolutely. But going back to value, like I grew up loving Inside the NFL this week in baseball, CBS NFL today. So to see them on the list was cool. I think in each of their case, you can make a case that they should have been higher. Well, that's the thing with this list, which was, I, I, it's almost like you need two different drafts and it's like, all right, do the, the one draft pre-internet and one draft post-internet, because if you did it pre-internet <laughs> this week in baseball was where you got all your highlights inside the NFL was where you got all your highlights. And like you said, I, I am a huge, huge fan of Fox NFL Sunday. I have no problem with it being in the top 10, but before Fox NFL Sunday was like you said, CBS with Brent and Jimmy the Greek and you are looking live and legendary, absolutely legendary. Well, you know, the other, and this is the, uh, the other part that's really interesting about this is if I reverse this draft order and went from the guys picking 30 to 20 and put them in the top 10 and move the top 10 guys down, you'd have a completely different list probably, you know? Like, I'm not saying some of those top 10 shows wouldn't still be there. They probably would, but I can't, you know, the, the odds of that 
order being what it is are going to be drastically different because so many people, a lot of this comes down to, you know, if you weren't picking 26, Jimmy, and you're picking 12, right. you know, all of a sudden you're going, okay, yeah, I would, I loved inside the NFL, but look at some of the shows still left on the board. What do I do? Well, I can tell you- so that's, uh, that's where it becomes interesting. If we did this again and the order was different, we'd probably have different results and people complaining that they need the first results back. If I was picking at 12, I would have probably, I would have wanted to do Mike and the Mad Dog. I might have, though, done CBS NFL today if I had 12. But, um, right. you know, I, I. but again, it's an interesting one because I think NFL primetime, college game day, inside the NBA, to me, I always feel like those are the top three. But then how can you not say sports centers? So there is, it is a very interesting debate, and um, it was a lot of fun. I appreciated you asking me people can see the full top 30 at barrettsportsmedia.com and uh appreciate you uh coming on to discuss it oh you got it jimmy anytime in the meantime continued success with the podcast and everything you're doing with si thank you i appreciate that we'll have you on again and uh like i said good stuff here and uh see if uh mike mccarthy wants a a redo (laughs) (laughs) mike i'm sure uh is ready for the bullet. <laughs> All right. Take it easy. You got it, Jimmy. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. My thanks to Seth Rollins, WWE Universal Champion. He was fired up. And I think every wrestling fan will enjoy that interview. And my thanks to Jason Barrett. Make sure you go into the uh, archives there. Listen to Scott Van Pelt from last week. And even if you don't want to listen to anything, subscribe, rate, and review. You don't even have to listen. Subscribe, rate, review, download, and then just leave it on your phone. I'll take any. All right. Again, my thanks to Seth Rollins and Jason Barrett. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.